Looking for clarity and confidence when it comes to decision-making for your business? You've come to the right place. You're now listening to the Atomic Business Coaching Podcast. I am Adam, and I work on the business. I'm Tom, and I work on the owner. Together, we are Atomic Business Coaching. And we're in the business of helping owners. What's up, Adam? Hey, pal. Great day today, man. That was fun. Yeah, it was very fun. It was productive. It was good. We got, you know, people, We Adam and I decided to get together, and we have an office now in Melville, New York, on the island, and we are going there for the next couple of months, and we're going to grind it out every day, getting stuff done, and today was our first day in that new office space, so we're really excited about that, and it's great, too, because we'll be able to, we're going to be able to meet with a lot of people as they do, you know, the half-day consulting, and some of the other programs that we're running. So it's exciting. It was nice to be in the same space together. You know, it was good. I think there's a lot of benefits to working from home. But one of the things that you really forget about is missing the interaction with other people. And it's kind of, we used to talk about that mostly in retirement, when people move to retirement, you know, missing that social interaction. But now it's such a prevalent thing working from home. So if you've been working from home for too long, go get out, go do something with somebody, get out from where you are. And let's let's get back to socialization because it's time for that. Yeah, there's but, an uh, energy. There's an energy that comes from it, you know? Oh, it's yeah, absolutely. It's a great energy. Yeah. So all right. So we're gonna talk about something today that's a great follow-up to our podcast on killing the practitioner to become the leader and then eventually the king. That was firing and, firing yourself. How to fire yeah, yourself. Right, firing yourself, right. Right. I still refer to it as killing the practitioner, sorry. <laughs> firing yourself as the practitioner, the leader, and then eventually the king. And you know, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that leadership is not something necessarily a lot of people are learn quite easily. It's usually, you know, we say leaders are born and people are just leaders in their own way sometimes and you can take leadership training and you can do leadership development, but for some people, it's not something that comes so naturally. So when you're firing that practitioner to move into the leader role, what we wanted to be able to do with this podcast is really touch on the idea of what it means to be a leader and looking at different levels of consciousness that will impact how you are as a leader. So one of the things, I, if you've ever read the book, and this is based on the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership by Dethmer and a few other people, I'll put a link to the book in the podcast notes because I think it's important that you know we give credit where credit is due. But they developed this whole concept of conscious leadership. And I really love it because as a life coach, we talk about levels of consciousness and how you see things happening for you in the world and what happens. And I noticed I said for you, I didn't say to you, I didn't say anything else. I said for you, how things happen for you. And that's really speaks to the level of consciousness that me and Adams especially approach life most days of the week. We are very much in a for me level of consciousness as opposed to a to me. And we'll talk about what that means. But um Adam, what is your thoughts on levels of consciousness? Have you ever delved into them? Do you have any familiarity with them? I mean, you know, when it comes to general consciousness or business? Yeah. No, ge general and then business and yeah, how I you mean, see it. No, I mean, it's awareness, right? That's the way I look at consciousness is what is your awareness levels and are you in tune? You know, I always talk about being present. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people are thinking about what happened or what can happen and then in the moment. 
So they're kind of just like floating through their situation and not being present. So that's what I think about in consciousness for it's my own way of recognizing in my consciousness situation, am I present? Am I there? What am I there for? What's the intentionality of it? Yeah. Or am I just floating through this? Like, oh, right. you know, and are you so paying attention? Mm-hmm. Are you paying attention? Are you fully, like you said, fully present and aware is really a, a certain state of consciousness where it's the awake state, you know, it's that we're present, we're here, we're listening, but we're not always hearing, right? We're hearing, but we're not listening. I always get those two confused. We're hearing, but we're not listening. But, you know, the important thing about consciousness is to recognize, and it is a self-awareness thing. It's how do you see your role in different situations? It's how do you see where you are and what parts you play in difficult situations, especially. And a lot of times what people don't realize is that a lot of conflict comes from not being aware of where you're sitting in terms of that level of consciousness. And one of the things that they talk about in this book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, is this idea of above the line and below the line. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about because it really changes the dynamic of relationships and how you uh, get through conflicts with other people. But it also really brings a heightened awareness to what your position is in that situation. And the below the line is a very negative place to live. Okay. And we're going to talk a ton about this in the workshop that we're going to do, but I just want to very briefly touch on this. But basically below the line means that we tend to be more defensive, closed off, and we have to be right. Right. And, and that's the most important thing when we're below the line is being right, that our point is right and what have you, but we are not open to any suggestion, any feedback, any new ideas. And that's what above the line really is. It's being that open, that curious, and wanting to learn more about situations. And they talk about, in the book, they talk about all of these you know, successful CEOs of different companies, and they talk about the unsuccessful CEOs. And what they noticed, uh, it was a pattern, and to, to Adam's pattern recognition, you know, we love to talk about the different patterns that we've observed, but they observed that when someone was more defensive and committed to being right as a CEO, those companies failed. And I think it's one of the things that we see even in our own coaching business. And when we consult with a, a company, we often see that there's usually this fear of being open and having to do it a certain way. And my way is the right way. But that's why they're working with us is because they realize that our way isn't the right way. What do you see most people get stuck on, Adam, when it comes to their business and having to be right or being a little defensive about what they're doing and what causes that? Yeah, you know, I I use this saying often, which is competence breeds confidence. And a lot of times what I'll see is when someone is the practitioner still and they want to become the leader. They don't yet believe they have the competence to be a leader. They may think, oh, well, I can do this thing that I'm doing in my business. I can sell this thing or I can make this thing or I can produce this work. They're like, oh, I'm very competent in that. So they're fine doing it. But now when it comes time for leadership and to oversee others, they don't feel that way. So instead of being open and having the ability to learn throughout this, they tend to want to be right. And they're like, it's just, this is the way that I've done it. This is the way I've always done it. You know, I had a meeting with somebody today 
one of our clients who now has their eighth employee they've hired. And I was talking about in their leadership meetings, and one of the ways to be a leader is to really ask more questions. And that's something that I've always said is if you want to gain competence, you have to gain knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, the above the line, you have to have this willingness to learn, right? right? And, and these are the things is if, if you don't have the competence, okay, then you won't have the confidence. Then you will have to like make sure I'm, I'm right with everything I'm doing. When you may be the one making sure, but are you really right? Right. Like who's confirming that you're right? You read one book? Right, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, so that's the idea, you know, and this is where I feel my 20, I'm coming up November 6th will be my 24th year in doing what I do. And the amazing thing is like, I have become so good at this by understanding how bad I was at it Mm -hmm. and having this willingness to absorb other people or whether I'm reading them or live in person or whatever it may be. And the more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. Right. Yeah. You know? We all realize that, but if we're not open to learning, we miss that opportunity. Right. right. So that's really where I think it comes from that. It's the confidence thing. That's why people right. are, I want to be right. Right. They mm-hmm. just, they don't have the confidence to be wrong. Right. right? Like it, it's okay to be wrong. Like right. most of us are wrong most of the time. And, and I think that that is what makes most people very confident. Someone who could admit that they're wrong and not right has extreme confidence. They don't let it waver them. You know, you have the people who, you know, they'll, they'll always say, I'm sorry when they're wrong versus, uh, you're right, I'm wrong. That was not the way to approach it. There's a very different dynamic to the level of confidence that somebody possesses. But I want to touch on a point that we're also going to touch on in the workshop, and I'm not going to go into much detail here about it, but asking more questions. We're going to, we're going to give something out next week or when we do the workshop on how to ask more questions. But that really is an important part of this is being able to ask the questions and be willing to ask the questions, but also learning how to ask the right questions. And that's one of the things we're going to cover in the workshop. But, you know, I want to get into the, the four levels of consciousness because there are actually four levels of consciousness that they refer to in the book. And you've probably heard this. If you've done any professional, personal development, excuse me, if you've done any personal development work, you've read any self-help book, I almost can guarantee that you have come across the four levels of consciousness before. Uh, I talked about it actually in my first book as well and how I see the four levels of consciousness. So one of the things that we talk about is the first level of consciousness. And, you know, Adam, when I was looking at the slide that I was going to use for the presentation in, in the workshop, the first level of consciousness is that to me. And what does that to me mean when the world happens to me? Is who, what type of persona is that? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, I guess the type of person that, you know, there it's, I recognize them by, I hear it all the time. Oh, this thing happened to me and that thing happened to me and these things are happening to me. And it's like, when you hear that, right, hopefully you're listening to this and you can hear the way I'm saying that, right? Oh my God. You know, I just, I'll give you an example. I went on vacation last week and I got to the car rental counter and I scanned the QR code. Mm-hmm. and it asked me to put a card number in there to verify and I put this virtual card number in there and I got up to the counter like we need the physical card and I'm like there is no physical card for, it's a virtual card number I have this card they're like yeah but it's not the same card number I'm like it's the same card but it's not the same card number like sorry we can't do that and people are like oh I can't believe this is happening to me da, 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 da. 
Right. And that's kind of, they're frustrated and they become almost like a victim to all this stuff. Exactly. That's the way that I feel that happens. And I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes we all are sometimes. We all are. But that's the thing. It's like, you get this, like, everyone's out to get you and like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. And everything's a freaking problem. You know, and that's how I see that first morning. You know, and you're a hundred percent right. It's that victim mindset. And when you hear to me, it's like, oh, it it keeps happening to me. Like, I even said it right before this podcast. The wire came out of the microphone and was like, this always happened to me when I get on here. <laughs> and, and it does. And we all slip into that level of consciousness because every because if you recall when we, I mean, in the past, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we talk about sabotaging behaviors. And one of the saboteurs is the victim saboteur. And we all have that saboteur at times, depending on our circumstances and our experiences. So it's very easy for us to slip into this lower level of consciousness. And I do rate it as a level one, and it's a lower level of consciousness. And we're looking to raise our levels of consciousness because that's really what brings about more self-awareness is the more you can raise your energy to a different level of consciousness, the the more you're going to be able to be self-aware and do things that you never knew you could do when you're at that level of awareness. And that it's really an amazing thing. But yes, the first level is that victim level that, that, you know, like the world is, the world happens to me. Life happens to me. Okay. And then it's that the next level, which is the level two is the world happens for me and life ha- happens for me. And that's where we try to bring all business owners because what we want people to do as business owners. And, and, and if you're going to succeed as a business owner, you have to have an embracement of the second level of consciousness because you have to see opportunity. In the midst of any struggle, in the midst of any battle that you're going through, if you see it as happening to you, well, you're going to be a victim. And guess what happens to victims? They don't succeed. They don't succeed and that destroys their businesses. And that's a below-the-line mindset when a for me is an above a mind, above the line mindset. And that for me is what exposes you to more opportunity. And Adam, let's talk a little bit about some of the experience of our clients that we've seen that happen for over the last year. I mean, we've seen this happen often. What is it that, have you ever noticed that pivotal moment in a conversation where somebody realizes, oh my God, this is an opportunity. It's not a problem. And we talk about it all the time as I'm going to create more problems for you and make you more money and create more problems in the process. So tell us a little bit about that, how that, how you see that happen in, in our sessions. Yeah. This is something I brought into atomic business coaching that I've always done. It's called the problems list. And what I do is I have our clients, um, actually write out a list of all the problems. And there's an old saying, more money, more problems. And I try to shift the mindset of that, right? Because most people think, oh, the more money I have, the more problems I have. Again, it's this is happening to me because I have more money. What I mean is it's happening for you. The more money you have, the more problems you can take on. And that's what I have these people do is like, hey, let's figure out what problems we can take on, right? They're they're here for you. You were put in this position because you can handle this problem. And one of my favorite quotes is from John Adams. He's our, our second president. Most people forgot him. You know, Benjamin Franklin always gets all the quote references. So here, here's one for you, John Adams. Well, Good. here's I one you gave it. us. Bring it and on. I love John Adams. One yeah, of my his... favorite series on HBO. You know, I never watched that. That's a good idea. Oh, aspect. man, you got to yeah. find that and watch it. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
So his, my favorite quote of his is every problem is an opportunity in disguise. And if you can approach problems this way, if you can look at them like, oh, this is an opportunity for me. You, mm -hmm. you were put here to handle this problem. This problem was presented to you. We had a, a client of ours that um, drove through and started really having some success. And all this success was building up. He was hiring employees. He was making more money. He was getting more jobs. And then all of a sudden, he had a personal issue with his family. And his spouse really needed help and he had to be there and he had to take all of his time away from his business to be there for his family. And I was telling him, I said, don't you realize like this problem is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to really be there for someone and experience how your delegation for this new staff that you have is actually going to work because you actually have no choice right now. Right. Right. Like you have to take care of your spouse and you're going to watch how your delegation executes along the way. And when I said that to him, he felt this relief. He's like, oh, my God, I am ready to do this. I am set up to do this. And he started to look at it as, wow, this is happening for me. This, is ha this situation is happening so I can be there for my spouse, so I can prove how good this delegation is. And it was a drastically different mindset when he just thought of it that way. It's such an amazing thing when you can see the opportunity. and. You know, I was talking with one of our clients last week and she was really struggling with something around growing her business, but being able to pay everybody and all this other stuff. And I said, listen, these problems are all good problems to have because they're a sign of your growth. And if you don't see it as a sign of your growth and you see it as opportunity, you're going to miss out and not enjoy the moment. And that's right. going to take your awareness of yourself away from everything. You have to remember that when you are, and, and if we go back to an old episode of Adam and mine, where we talk about pain being one of the only things that brings you into the present, mm -hmm. this is a, a prime example. You often will see problems as a bad thing initially because you don't want to have to deal with another challenge or another struggle because that's just our human imperfection and the way we approach things. But if you can immediately pivot to seeing it as an opportunity, that will bring you into the moment in such a positive way. And it's not a negative thing anymore. And if you can see it as the opportunity, you're going to thrive. And that's what the whole point of this being aware and seeing the world happening for you is to be able to come out of any survival mode that you're in and be able to thrive. A victim survives. A victim survives and everybody else can thrive if you move out of that victim state of mind. And that's such a critical thing as a business owner. You know, things happen all the time. Businesses, unfortunately, you know, they do close, but sometimes there's ro thieves and there's robberies and there's fires and there's all of these things that happen. And what you have to look at, and anytime you talk to people that have gone through tragedy, even like when you hear some of these people that, you know, lose their houses to tornadoes and hurricanes, and they go, this is such a great opportunity for us to rebuild. It's an opportunity to rebuild and to make it better because otherwise we would not have had necessarily the resources to be able to do that. So there's always opportunity in disaster. Yeah. And if you see it that way, otherwise you're going to see it as a victim and you're always going to be in that survival mode. Yeah, you know, the I, other I had my entire house destroyed in Hurricane Sandy. Whole, whole house completely destroyed. I had, to, you know, I had a one-year-old child who was right after his birthday. Mm -hmm. And we literally had no home. I, I had 
I lived right on the water uh, in Lindenhurst, New York at the time. And literally, that was one of the hardest hit places on Long Island. Yep. And I was down to, I had studs and a roof. That's all I had left. Like, my wife was crying because, you know, my son's crib was floating in the street. Ugh. And it was just hard. It was crushing for her. And obviously, at that moment, we were all crushed, right? It was horrible. Yeah. But then we started looking at this as like, okay, well, what is the opportunity here? And the opportunity was that we always wanted to remodel the house. Horrible way to get to do that. But we always <laughs> wanted to remodel the house. So we remodeled it. And then our son was growing up and we wanted to have a second child. And we we're like, well, we want to look at another place anyway. And then there were all these different variables that we wanted to do that we were thrust into because of this situation. Mm -hmm. And instead of us, you know, I'm an extremely optimistic person. I just, I always see the silver lining in almost anything that happens. And I don't know if I've just cultivated this or like you said, I was born this way or right. I don't know, but I feel very blessed that this is who I am and that I can help other people to do this and, and feel this way and be this way. But so much good came out of Hurricane Sandy for my family. I understand so many people were crushed and destroyed their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was not easy for us. But, I mean, I had the house rebuilt in five months. We were in another brand new big house and a year later. I mean, people couldn't believe what I did because I wasn't dwelling on this. Oh, look what happened to right. me. Look at right. oh, oh, my God, the weather. And I was like, okay, this is something to do. And I was energetic about this. Right. And, I, you know, it was a tough thing. It was a problem. And here's the thing. Tom and I have built this business and it has become a successful business. And the clients of ours have become very successful because of one thing. Everybody who is listening to this, who is a business owner, you got in the problem solving business. Your business is there to solve someone else's problem. It's the whole reason for you doing what you're doing. I mean, it could be ice cream cones. Your problem you're solving is someone wanted dessert. Right? It could be art on a wall. Someone wanted to look at something beautiful. Or it could be business consulting and coaching like we do. And the thing that we do is we help problem solvers solve their own problems. You've gotten in a business and you solve a very particular problem. What you did not realize is you have to solve these new problems, which are running a business. You might be an expert at what you do. You might be a professional at this thing. You might be the best of the best at the thing that you do. And you might not have realized that you also have to become very good at solving problems of the business nature. Mm -hmm. And that's what we, Tom and I, have been lucky enough to do is to help people through understanding how you did so well solving other people's problems that now you have a new one, which is running this amazing business. And that's what we're here to walk and help people with. You know, you hit it on the head there. This is about. And you can't do it without a forming mindset. You cannot do it without seeing everything as opportunity, as looking at it as problems are here for me to learn from. And that's one of the fundamental beliefs of a for me mindset and a for me level of consciousness is the problems are here for me to learn from. And I create problems so I can solve them. That's why. And that's what we do with all of our businesses is the success of your business is how many problems do you get to solve going forward? How many more problems can you solve? And it's just like, keep bringing on the problems. You know, I, I think this is such a, this is such a good point to actually end this podcast on because there's so much more we're going to talk about in the workshop. We're going to talk about the other two levels, but I really wanted to get across in this podcast was these two levels, because if you can't attend the workshop for some reason, 
and and you know you're not sure that you'll be able to make it you will have this as a tool to go back to but these are the two most important levels of of consciousness the as me and the through me which is levels 3 and 4 levels of consciousness they're they're much more cumbersome to to sometimes grasp but if you can grasp the difference between just the to me mindset versus the for me and and look at the victim versus look at the person who sees opportunity you are going to change your life. You're going to change your business. You're going to change all of that. And you're even going to change your relationships and how you communicate with other people. So I, I think that, Adam, you really summarized it beautifully. We create the problems so that you have more problems to solve. And when you're in that mindset, you're going to be extremely successful because you're always going to see them as opportunity. So, Ed. So let's, for those of you who don't know this, what we do is there's a second half to this in our Facebook group. So there's a link in the show notes here, or you can go to Atomic Business Coaching on Facebook, and we have our group right there. You can go into it. You can go on our website and just go into community. There's a link right in there. And here's what we're doing is we're doing this live with people, okay? People like you who are listening to us. So we're going to follow up on the tactics on how you can become a conscious leader. Tom's going to go through the other two levels that you can go and achieve and thrive and live in. And the way we're doing this is through this Facebook group. It'll be a Zoom meeting. Um, and if you can't make it to the actual workshop that we're doing, and they're going to, those workshops are being held on Thursday nights, I think like 630 or 630 something like that. 630 Eastern. Mm -hmm. Thursday nights at 630 Eastern. Um, and if you're in the Facebook group, you'll, you can come attend these. And by the way, this whole group is free. There's no charge to be in the group. There's no charge to come to the workshop. There's no charge for anything. Right. So we are really just doing this to have more engagement and communication with our audience so we can share, you know, you'll be able to ask questions and we'll help you out with certain things. And it's, there'll be other people in the room that are in a situation just like you, which is going to be really fun. And what'll happen is if you can't make it to the workshop, as long as you're part of the Facebook group, we will actually email it to you if you can't make it there. So you can watch the live recording. So we're so thrilled that we're doing this. Even this one is making me more excited. Like, I can't wait to hear the second yeah. half of this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. So again, link is in the show notes here for you to go ahead and, uh, or you could just simply go to atomicbusinesscoaching.com and go to the community page and that'll bring you right into the, the Facebook group. Awesome, man. Yeah. So we hope to see you there. Come join our Facebook group. You know, like Adam said, the link is in the show notes below. We'd love to see you there. And hopefully you got something out of this that you can really walk away with this new idea of things happen for me. And that's all about opportunity. All right. Until next time, we'll see you and talk to you soon.